and welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. This episode is based on Psalm 14. Here is Pastor Pat Hauser. Hi everybody, Pastor Pat here with our weekly psalm devotion. I'm very blessed to share with you the Wednesday devotion. Today I happen to be sharing the devotion on Psalm 14. It's an interesting psalm. Paul quotes it uh, throughout his letter to the Romans, and I think you'll find it very interesting. Before we get started, though, let's open up with a word of prayer. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for all gifts. We especially thank you for your word, the light that it is to the path of our lives. We pray for the power of your Holy Spirit that your word would sink into our hearts and into our minds, that we would put it to use in our lives, Lord. Uh, we just pray your blessings on this time of devotion that we're going to share in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing I want to share with you about Psalm 14 is that it is almost identical to Psalm 53. David wrote both of these psalms, and if you look at Psalm 53, there are a few subtle differences. Um, I think that Psalm 53 might have been set to a different piece of music or was presented in a slightly different liturgical uh, setting, but they are both Psalms of David, and they are pretty identical, uh, pretty close. There's a couple of very subtle differences. That's not the point of the devotion, though, today is to compare the differences between the two psalms, but really to draw the meaning uh, that we can draw from Psalm 14 and kind of apply it to our world today, because I think you're going to see a lot of parallels between this psalm and some of the things that we see going on in the world today. So without further ado, let me go ahead and read Psalm 14 to you. I'm reading from the ESV uh, translation, just in case you're using a slightly different translation. There might be a couple of word differences here. So this is from the ESV. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abom abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together, they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have they no knowledge, all the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great terror, for God is with the generation of the righteous. You would shame the plans of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion, when the Lord restores the fortune of his people, let Jacob rejoice, let Israel be glad. So there's a word that David uses in the opening verse here. In fact, it's the very second word, fool. There are several different types of fool described in the Old Testament uh, sometimes we would think a fool as someone who lacks intelligence, someone who lacks seriousness, someone who is simple. And there are different Hebrew words for each one of these different types of fool. The type of fool that David is writing about here is not simply stupid. It's not that kind of a fool. 
The kind of fool that David is, David is describing in the first verse is one that is morally corrupt, that desires no good whatsoever, a destructive force, if you will, that kind of fool. And that kind of fool says, not just with his lips, not just thinking it in his mind, but says it from his heart that there is no God. And this is important. This is not just someone who doesn't know, who might be agnostic without knowledge of God. This is one who believes it in every fiber of their being that there is no God. The irony of this is though, is people who say there is no big G God have made themselves their own God. It's a fool who does this. It's a fool who believes this to be true in their heart. This person is corrupt. They do horrible things. They have a darkness of soul. They have a darkness of heart and of mind. It's that kind of fool David is talking about. And that is probably the worst kind of fool because that kind of fool doesn't just do harm to themselves, but does willful harm to others. And who are the targets of this kind of fool? The righteous. And we would say righteous people would be people who have faith in the one true God, the righteous secure their righteousness through the blood of Christ. They are the targets of evil, scheming fools. And not just people that are righteous through the blood of Christ, but poor people, people that are oppressed in this world, become targets of this kind of evil, scheming fool. Now, it's not just these kind of fools, though, that have turned aside from God and who sin. David tells us in verse 3, all have turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. So not the person even who draws their righteousness from Christ, who is cloaked in the righteousness of Christ, does good. And I think that speaks a lot to us as followers of Christ. Even though we are forgiven in him and made righteous through him, we still sin. We're not perfect. We don't do good. And Paul quotes this in Romans chapter 3, verse 12, also in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, Paul paraphrases these very verses. So it's not just evil, unbelieving fools who do wrong. It's those of us that are cloaked in the righteousness of Christ as well. The righteous are in terror of the damage that can be done upon them. The poor are in terror of the damage that can be done upon them through oppression and persecution. But David reassures us in verse 6 that 
God would shame the plans of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. And I think this provides us some very wise counsel here. We within the church might feel as though we are being persecuted by evil-doing, unbelieving fools. And we at times seek to maybe express our righteousness as our own self-righteousness when we rail against our perceptions of our being oppressed and persecuted by forces in the world that we would see as evil. But we always have to realize that our refuge is in God. Our protection is in God. And we have to know that the schemes of the evil will not prevail against Christ's church, against those that are made righteous through the sacrifice of Christ's blood. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our refuge. And I find great confidence in the closing verse of this psalm. David writes, Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. And then he writes, When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. David doesn't write, If the Lord chooses to do this. He writes, When. When God brings this restoration about, this restoration comes from God. The world will not be restored through YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and any other forms of media. The world is restored through Christ. We are made righteous through Christ. And when, not if, when he returns, this broken, sinful world that is full of sinful, morally corrupt fools, it'll be made right. It'll be restored. And so we pray for that day of restoration. We look forward to it with a joyful hope. And we place our trust in the Lord as our refuge. I pray that this devotion has been a blessing to you. Whenever you might be watching it or listening to it, be it in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, God's blessings to you on the rest of your day. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. His peace be with you. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Bray on all social media outlets and visit ChristBray.org. We'll see you next time.